everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It is the one and only Ron Stokes who's been on the network for as long as I can remember. Ronnie, how you feeling, brother? Hey, Turk, Kenny, how y'all doing today? I'm doing fantastic, especially after the uh, win on Sunday. What is, I, you know, when I saw this stat yesterday after the game, I couldn't believe that we hadn't won there since, what, 2012? Yep, the, the William Buford jump shot. Yep. Unreal. Yep. Yeah, it's been, it's been a while, Ronnie, and as I mentioned, you couple that with losing 17 straight road games, right, overall to set an unfortunate school record. What does this do? For, for the players, for Jake Diebler, and we'll get into the whole Chris Holtman thing here in a second, but what does this do confidence-wise for them, winning it in that fashion and, and two out of the first three? Well, yeah, I think the word you just said, confidence, it, it goes hand-in-hand. Hand. I mean, uh, yes, you can believe that you can do something and you keep working and working, but at some point you, you need to see some results, right? And that kind of you build on that to become even better at it. You know, you just think about, what Michael Jordan did, right? He hit that that uh, that shot against Georgetown as a freshman, and he just you hear any interview he's had, he said that just helped him with his confidence. And then obviously he had all the talent in the world, but making that shot, he developed into one of the best closers in all of uh, history of the NBA. But going back to the Buckeyes, your your point is well taken. I mean, it's a they kind of got over the hump by getting that win. They've been close. Um, but for, for whatever reason, they have not been able to break through. Now they understand what winning is and what necessary plays to make down the stretch to get over that hump. So um, I think they can build on it. It's not going to be easy, but uh, it's definitely a step in the right direction. Ron, at any time during your playing career, and I know it didn't happen in college because you were right before Eldon Miller or right after Eldon Miller got hired, but you had left and graduated before he was let go or whichever way he decided to leave the program. But, I mean, what does it mean and what's it? what must it be like for a college kid to lose their head coach in season? Well, that's a tough question there because, to your point, I never experienced that as a, as a player. And uh, this is my first time as an analyst okay. experiencing it. You know, Thad Mata, uh, he and Ohio State parted ways after the season. Uh, same thing with Jim O'Brien. It was after the season. So this is the first time I've ever had to kind of experience that. It's, it's difficult not only for the players but for people like me because in my position as a as a color analyst, I develop a very close relationship with the coach and, and many times with their family members and the same thing with the staff. So, you know, you don't want anybody to be fired and especially someone that's close to you. So, I value Chris Holman as a human being, as a person first before as a basketball coach. But it's difficult for people like me and especially difficult for players because most of the guys that are on this program came here specifically for Chris Holman. And I'm sure the assistant coaches, Jake Diebler, was involved with a lot of the recruiting. But they were here mainly because Chris was the head coach. So now he's gone, and now they're hearing a similar voice, but you know, one that they didn't come here for particularly as a head coach. Mm-hmm. So – they rallied together, had a great win against Purdue, 
um, and they went on the road for the first time, didn't win, but you can see that, that being familiar with Jake has helped. Um, so I think that was a big reason for the success here recently because they trust Jake, and he's been able to kind of get them to a position where they've been, been successful here in the short term. Ronnie, what is his demeanor? What is his philosophy? And why? And I know it's a small sample size, right? It's three games; they're two and one. But we've seen tangible results, right? So, so why has he been able to impact the team the way he has? Well, I, I think the team has always had talent. I know some folks will argue, well, how much talent? Do you got first team All Big Ten talent? Is it second team All Big Talent or, or, or whatever? But I think there's talent on this team enough where you're good enough not to be at the lower half of the season of the of the Big Ten. You're, you're definitely yeah. should be in the upper echelon of it. Um, but uh, but when you think about where they are, they uh, have been hit by a number of things. Bad luck. I mean, um, you know, last year for example, they're pretty much being possibly in the top 15 in the country, top 20. After beating Northwestern, they lose at home against Purdue with the ball, up by two, tough break there. This year, um, you know, at Penn State, up 18, you give that lead away. So clearly some things went right. My point is there was some talent there. Jake has come in. He has not made any wholesale changes as compared to, you know, how Chris was coaching, but it is his team, his style. He's a really, really good guy, and he's had a lot of impact with these players because he recruited a lot of them. So he's a player's coach, and I think that has helped him in his short term tremendously. What other differences, though, Ron, when you look at it? Because, you know, you come in, you beat Matt Painter, you beat Tom Izzo. All of a sudden, I don't know if the team (laughs) is rallying around this kid or if he's just using different rotations. Is he utilizing the bench differently than Chris Holtman did? Is he going deeper? Well, typically at this time of the year, all coaches uh, shrink their bench. Um, but I was pleasantly surprised because it really gave some great dividends. They they played, I think, 11 people in the first half against Purdue. And I was wow. like, wow, or at least 10 or it could have been 11. And in his coaches show today, he that question came up and he said that, you know, he wanted to reward some guys for their effort in practice. And and so that's why his bench has been extended. I mean, he played ten players in the in, in each of these row games, and I think the bench has been expanded a little bit. Um, I'm not saying that's necessarily contrast to what Coach Holtman did, but I just see that in the last three games that were led by Jake, that they, they're playing ten ten to eleven deep, and that that's and it's paid some good dividends so far. Ronnie Stokes, our guest, outstanding basketball analyst for Ohio State. You hear him and Paul Keels calling the action here on WHBC. Is this sustainable, Ronnie? They've got three games left. Nebraska home, Michigan home, payback time there, by the way, uh, and at Rutgers. Is this sustainable for the rest of the regular season and then maybe into the Big Ten tournament? I've said from day one this team is capable of beating anybody in the Big Ten, including Purdue, which they did. Um, and so, yes, it's sustainable if they continue to do the things they did on the road. Their defense, they bought in. They they toughed it out. They've, they're getting contributions from the bench, namely um, Devin Roll and, and Zed Key. Uh, Dale Bonner is playing better. Um, and when he's playing, I, I said this to the young man, I said, when you play like the way you played against Alabama and how you've done in some of these recent games, we are a better team. So yes, it's sustainable, but it's it's they got to play at this level, and that's not easy to do. 
But I don't think there's a team in the Big Ten that can't beat. And they got two games at home, uh, Nebraska and then Michigan, who we all know is really struggling right now. So those are winnable games. Yeah. Then you go to the road at Rutgers, who lost here recently at home. So, yes, they could close out this Big Ten with three additional wins and have some great momentum going into Minneapolis for the Big Ten tournament. Isn't it amazing yesterday? Your best shooter's on the bench. What was it? Does he have an ankle battle? Yes, he tweaked his ankle in the first half against uh, Minnesota, and but not severely enough where he couldn't play. But it definitely impacted his um, recovery afterwards. So as a result, the coaching staff and the medical staff made a decision that they wanted to make sure that they didn't have a significant setback. So that was that was the reason why they made a decision to hold him back. And I thought it was a good one. Some risk there because you clearly would love to have him in the game against um, – Michigan State, but as we saw, they won it and they got the additional rest for for Jameson Battle. Ronnie, Kenny and I look at the college basketball the way it's going right now as we get ready about three weeks away from Selection Sunday. And really not one team separating themselves from others, which tells me there may or may not be, or there may be a void of NBA talent coming out of the NCAA uh, tournament this season. But my question is this. When we look at the program at Ohio State and we look at a player like Jamison Battle being such a great shooter. Could he play in the NBA? Wow, great question, man. I, I'm, uh, I'll do my best with this. I, I think anytime you have the ability to shoot threes, there's always a potential place for you. I think the big challenge for Jamison Battle is can he get his shot off quick enough at that, at that level? Everybody's six seven, six eight, as athletic as can be. Can he get his shot off? Uh, he can shoot. But can he get separation to score? If he can do that, there could be a place for him. But he's got to prove that. That that's that's going to be his biggest challenge is is being able to get his shot off at that level and uh, and being able to be successful as a three point shooter. Ronnie, safe to say, even if they win out and maybe win one tournament game, in order for this team to get into the postseason, meaning the the big dance, they've got to win the Big Ten tournament. Well, you know, you look at the quad one wins, and they've they've got a they got a few now. You know, with Michigan State, obviously Alabama's doing well. Um, Purdue, Purdue. Um, those are some really really good quad one wins. Um, so, if obviously if they win these next three, right, Nebraska's mm-hmm. a quad one win. Um, okay. So that would add to their resume. Um, yeah, again, you're asking for my opinion. I'll give it. I, I still think with even those three wins. Um, they they need to probably get to Saturday, and okay. and beating another top ten team um, to potentially get an at, uh, uh, at large bid. So um, that's that's my opinion on that matter. I, I think there's a lot of room to be done here. A lot a lot more work to be done. So last thing we know, you got to go. Storming the court is a topic mm-hmm. nationwide, Ronnie. Okay, uh, and we're trying to figure out how do you limit that? How do you stop that? How do you control that? As a former player, I don't know if it ever happened to you, uh, and as an analyst now, any thoughts on, on what they can do to, to limit this because of the injury to uh, the kid from Duke and almost what happened to Caitlin Clark? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. After the uh, situation happened in Columbus, I spoke to um, the gentleman that runs or oversees the Ohio State um, uh, facilities uh, as it relates to end of games and things like that, and they had a plan in place. But it's very difficult when you got 10,000-plus people rushing the floor. And so when that happens, um, 
it's it's an issue. Uh, the challenge I think you have with the NCAA, the, one of the reasons why people love the NCAA is because of all of the excitement. You know, yeah. you don't rush the court in NBA games. You do it at the college level. It's an element that's very unique. Um, I won't. I don't want to see it go away entirely, but I do think there could be something implemented to say, hey, it, we know that the team coming in is a top team. There could be rushing the court. Let's figure out whatever we can do to get that team off the court as quickly as possible. You can't do it when it's a game winner, but anything short of that, uh, try to protect the team. Yeah, great stuff. Ronnie, thanks for making the time for us, as you always do. We appreciate it, and we'll see what happens down the stretch and into the Big Ten tournament with this Ohio State team. Right, anytime, guys. Take care.